Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... All right, we've got Patrick Kipson coming up in just a couple of minutes. Kip, uh, over the last four weeks, has put together the most points of the Americans on the clay to win the Roland Garros wildcard challenge. But Noah and I have not had too many opportunities to uh, catch up over the last couple of weeks. Um, you all right? I'm okay. I'm okay. How's the yeah, body? Body's feeling good. Let me see. I want to have a, let me have a look. I'll, well, it's actually I'll describe wild. I'm wearing people. a shirt. Yeah, I know. It's very weird for you to wear a shirt. I feel like you feel uncomfortable that I'm wearing a shirt too. Like that's how far we've gotten <laughs> it at this point. But no, I've um, I've, this is probably the most consistent I've worked with a physio in general. I've had you know the incredible opportunity uh, with my benefactor that I have this to actually feel good and get my body back in shape, and I don't feel like a schlub. You know, it's like taking steps and, um, you know, talking to Lawrence Klager, who, you know, has helped me my whole life. You know, he's said, like, just with the off-court stuff, you know, tennis is one thing. You can kind of go through these ebbs and flows, but with the off-court stuff, you kind of only go in one direction. And to get that positivity flowing, um, and I'm not rushing this process back, you know, I'm still January 1st, so I have some time. But, yeah, I'm feeling okay and trying to get back in shape. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. I've been uh, I've been also helping uh, a couple of juniors out, mm-hmm. which – Honestly, in, in all seriousness, before we start ripping on each other in a couple seconds, um, it's really that perspective. You know, I've done, you know, minor coaching here and there, but actually be on the road with some, you know, ITF players and junior players and to see it and be like, did you know that when you did this, you won 92% of the points? You had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know. And yeah. like, just kind of get that outside thought and see it through their eyes is actually helping me a bit kind of move forward. The number of times there have been players who were, if if you will, like mediocre sure. in college, yeah. like a kind of bottom of the lineup in college, who then go into coaching for a couple of years. They always tell me when they were 20, 27 and had not played competitively for four or five years, all of a sudden, the fact that their brain is thinking in different ways, that suddenly they are at a different level. I mean, look, uh, one of our good friends, Carousel, yeah. I mean, he won the Ojai. 
this past yeah. weekend. He's won a UTR. Yeah. Like, he's killing it now because of the fact that, like, his brain works on a different level. And you just you take all the shit away. Yes. You know, when he when the when the kid came off the court and he's like this, I was like, I don't care about any of that. Yeah. That was so irrelevant to the match. Yes. You did this well. You know, we could work on this, but that was it. It was two points. And I was like, God, if only I thought that simply on the court. And you can. I mean, you know, it's obviously work, but how do you get to that point? But it's it's hysterical. You know, I I was like, fuck, I said the same shit, you know, yep. six months ago or a year ago. And it was like, ugh. Yeah, simply. But yeah, Caruso is a, is a good example of that. He's just kind of smoothing through some of these tournaments right now. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's great to see. I like we were in Savannah. I remember mm. the first time I talked to him was in Savannah, like 2017 ish, okay. somewhere in somewhere in that range. And um, yeah, it's just it's just so funny to think about the fact that like he's he's a grown man now. Like he yeah. was just you know he was he was twenty four or twenty five or whatever you know back then, but. Now he's a grown man, um, yeah. and that's always kind of that memory for me. Just to think about the fact that yeah, these most of these players out here, they are still kids. It's it's hard to develop that maturity that really you can gain from stepping away from the court for a little bit of time. And that's actually something we'll we'll talk about with Patrick Kipson here over the next couple of minutes. Yeah, but how are you feeling to, before we go into it? Great. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't talked about it too much here, but like over the last couple of months, I've managed to stop drinking i've been making yeah. uh alcoholic jokes on this podcast for well we, when we started the podcast in 2019 um, we all have our coping mechanisms yes we yes. do um and i'm really i'm i'm actually really proud of that um yeah. i uh since since beginning of february i i had a drink with coworkers in miami um i'm i'm frankly here in savannah i'm, I'm gonna have two skull crushers tonight um that's already <laughs> set in stone uh skull crushers at the pirate's house um but it's been incredible for me to uh, I, as we're talking about stepping away a little bit um yeah. just kind of having this a little bit better perspective of my own health um of my own uh, ability to not feel tired all the time not be depressed all the time um i've lost 10 pounds i'm yep. on a very good path and i feel great um and it's i don't know even these two weeks um here in uh, Tallahassee is a hard week. That's a really yeah. physical week, long hours. Uh, Savannah, th this past week, has is a little bit more chill, as you know. Um, only four or five matches a day. Still rain, though. Still yeah, rain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I felt great. And it's yeah. uh, I hadn't done a challenger in six months since Champagne yeah. in November and felt great about being back on tour, even though there are fewer Americans, um, fewer, fewer of the old uh, yeah, of the, the old crew, crew. <laughs> um, it's, it's a different, it's a, that's, you know, I've, I think back to a much more perverted way, but, um, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey and what, what movie was that? You know, the, I, I, I stay the same age, but they, they, what they stay the same age, I keep getting older, whatever it was, yeah, 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 yeah. um, you know, that, that whole quote. And I'm just like, yeah, now it's like Tristan Boyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a, I, I, it's a new group. You got to get God, to know. God bless you know? it. Like, he's so nice. He was so <laughs> yeah. nice. We had a chance to talk for a couple of days. Cooper Williams, I met him and his mom. And yeah, I think he's from New York City. I don't know how much yeah, yeah. interaction you've had with him. But I mean, they were so incredibly friendly. Alex Mickelson, I've gotten to talk to. And it's just like, this is how it is. Like, it, you know, this it's this constant evolution and, and all these new but kids. I think and you're, you tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, and 
not that you're the one competing on court, but I think we've all went through this journey of finding stability in this unstable sport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not only, obviously you have home and a child and, you know, whether, whatever you consider Tulsa to be for yourself, it is home, you know, at this point, but I think we've all found ways to make certain places home and, you know, especially Savannah being, that's obviously one of the top of our list, but you know, you find that comfort and you, and I think you've done a pretty good job at that point. Obviously you've had some really large events that you've, you know, competed in, in your own right. Yep. Uh, the past couple of years, but you found that home, I think for yourself and comfort. And I think it's allowed you to be where, you know, a little bit more stable. I think this is the most stable I've ever you know, seeing you. I in the think past. that's accurate. So, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's I, good I think to that's see. accurate. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to crap on you as much as I, 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 I will Talk say, let me just, that. let me just say <laughs> okay, this before we get to Kip. Uh, there was uh, your, your sister who recently um, had a baby. Mm-hmm. She posted on, on the gram. This is, this mm-hmm. is growth for me. I just want to make sure I point oh, this out. Okay. So I this is growth. So I'm going to, <laughs> she posted a, a picture of you uh, mm-hmm. uh, an outfit that you had worn as a baby, yes, and then your yes. is it? It's your nephew, right? Nephew had <laughs> yes, worn nephew. Uh, oh, worn yes, the yes, exact yes. same outfit, and yes. instead of posting the joke publicly, I sent. <laughs> right. I just sent her a DM. Said, "Well, it still fits on Noah too," and I yes. thought that was growth for me. That was growth. No, and <laughs> honestly, there was a li- there was slight disappointment, you know, that it wasn't out in public because I was waiting for it. But at the same time. Um, Applause is needed. Yeah, right. Because Growth. That's not the person you are anymore, I know. Mike. Yeah, well, it still is. <laughs> still a terrible human being. Um, not a terrible human being, I don't think. Uh, Patrick Kipson. We sat down with him here just a, a little while ago to talk about winning the French Open wild card, the reciprocal one from the USTA. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are thrilled to be joined this morning um, by Patrick Kipson, who has won the USTA's Roland Garros Wild Card Challenge. And and Kip, um, let's let's start very simply. Um, you were many times with these wild card challenges. Uh, you have the opportunity to play yourself into you know the, the 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 title, the the wild card, if you will. You had to suffer on Sunday. And, and watch uh, as Tristan Boyer played for the championship in Savannah. He wins. He gets the wild card. He loses. Yeah. You get the wild card. What was your Sunday like? Yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting scenario, right? I mean, I think from what I've heard, I think I would have had it secured if I would have beaten Diaz Acosta in the semis, maybe? Correct. So... 
Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you want to have it in your hands. Like, and obviously, as I was winning and I was still in the tournament, it was in my hands still. And then I lost, and yeah, it's not a it's not a good feeling for it to not be in your hands. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, yesterday, you know, I was checking the scores, obviously, and I didn't I didn't watch any. Um, Thank you. Doing was doing kind of. <laughs> I heard it was really windy, though. Yeah, it was, it was not really great. bad. Obviously, that, that's tough to produce good level in those conditions. Correct. Right? But, um, yeah, I just kind of did, went about my day, saw my girlfriend, saw my grandparents, and uh, yeah, obviously on pins and needles a little bit, but listen, I mean, a huge bonus for me, right? That, I mean, who would have thought kind of I would be in the situation to, to get it in the first place back when it started a month ago, right? So a big bonus for me for sure. I mean, you're, you're playing this off pretty chill. I remember the first time, and this is actually when I was with Ashley, my Mike, the first time, but uh-huh. literally like the first word he said to me was like, Oh, by the way, you can win a wild card to a pretty big tennis tournament. And it yeah. was Australian open at the time, but you were shitting yourself. Cause I, I remember I was, <laughs> no, I know. I was definitely nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, no. was, I was nervous for sure. Especially when I, I kind of checked the score. So I checked the first time I checked the score, it was, the first match so it was the semis mm-hmm. and Emery was up a set. I think he was six, two or six, three. Yep. And I was like, kind of like, okay, you know, this is rather go that way than the other way. And, you know, so it was, it started off well. Then I checked again, I don't know, 45 minutes later. And I think he was down a break in the third, maybe. Yeah. Correct. I think I checked he was down five, three in the third. And no one had texted me or anything. Congrats! So I was kind of like, you know, check, let's check a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, so he won that one. And then I did the same thing. You know, I was a little bit more nervous after that. And then I checked again with Diaz Acosta, and you know, he he made it pretty. I mean, pretty I'm not I'm not one to like go back, but like, I mean, I've never rooted so hard against American tennis in my entire <laughs> life. I mean, it mine mine was uh, Fritz and Tiafo both up a set and a break. Uh, that was, and I had two tournaments to wait out, which was brutal. Yeah, and two I was, tournaments to wait it out. Yeah, because yeah, you won, won Charlottesville, right? I won Charlottesville. Yeah. You won the you won the first one of the swing. Yep, and then so it was Tiafo against Dan Evans and Loxanen against Fritz, and Tiafo and Fritz were both up a set, and I think Fritz was up like a set three zero. And I'm like, I'm with my ex-girlfriend at the time. I'm like playing it super chill, like not. And she like went inside somewhere, and I'm like live stream on, like freaking out. <laughs> But I mean, again, we didn't even describe like for what this is. This is a reciprocal wildcard challenge. It happens for French Open, Australian Open. Um, and obviously we have the play in for the US Open one. But, you know, this is I mean, you woke up three weeks ago at, you know, 300 ish in the world. And now that was 500. Yeah, it was higher than that. Was it 500? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just looking at the last week's then. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and now and now playing for you know French Open main draw. What what's the emotion now? I mean, how does I remember my you know schedule changing, my training changing. What is that process like for the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really put together. I'm gonna get on a call with my coach and my PT later and kind of go through some scenarios. I guess. I mean, we haven't really gone through it that much. Last night, just kind of. A little, I don't know, celebration dinner, you know, with the family. <laughs> and, uh, obviously, I'm pumped. I'm amped, right? Like it's a, it's a hell of an opportunity for me, and kind of just came out of, it came out of nowhere, really, you know. So, um, but 
just a good chance for me to go and and improve and um yeah obviously i'm just stoked you know to be there so kip if i think if if we'd have thought about this five years ago it would seem reasonable um to to have you in the discussion for not just this wild card challenge but potentially you know that i i think that path was there for you to be a guy who's top 150 and beyond at this stage of your career um it has not been an easy three four years with injuries over injuries over injuries and and i'm i guess i'm wondering um how your perspective has changed during that time um and if you have a greater appreciation now for what this means versus say when you were 18 or 19 yeah i mean listen i think everyone a lot of people know it's been a tough a tough go around since i left school you know suffered some tough some tough injuries it just took a lot longer than you know I thought they were going to, and the docs thought, you know, stuff was going to take not as long as it did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about it last night. Is The last time I played at a slam was six years ago. Was That was the U.S. Open after I won Kalamazoo. Obviously, I played – I was still playing juniors that year because I was 17 mm-hmm. when I played – or 18. I don't know, 17 or 18, and – um, so yeah, and on one hand, it feels like that was last year, but on the other <laughs> hand, it feels like that was a decade ago because of everything that's happened kind of in between, you know, and, um, obviously the injuries were a bummer. I think, you know, I would, I would hope I would be maybe further along the path if I hadn't suffered some of those, but then again, I think they taught me a lot about perseverance and kind of how I am and is developed me into you know, more resilient guy overall. And, um, I'd like to think that I have a, you know, a better kind of outlook perspective on my career and just on things in general in life because of those injuries and because of how I have to deal with them and keep coming back, keep coming back. And, um, so I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, I wouldn't change it, but you know, it kind of goes like everything kind of goes both ways and kind of, you get to choose how you want to look at it. And that's for me, that's the only way to look at it. So <laughs> no changing you know, it. Got to take it with, you know, grain of salt, like it came and, um, you know, hopefully better because of it. We talk about the physical aspect, but obviously the mental is what, you know, concerns a lot of people going through these, yeah. you know, past five years. And, you know, we did a preseason together, uh, which yeah. again, feels like 10 years and last year. Yeah. Um, and our, <laughs> and talking about our Lord and Savior, Wim Hof. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like kind of bring us through those past few years. How are you making it through? Obviously, you went from, you know, I knew you were taking ice baths, you know, you know, underwater for 10 minutes at a time. And, you know, it was obviously picking and choosing <laughs> what phases for sure you know <laughs> yeah yeah bring us through a couple of those phases because obviously now you're you're preparing for main draw french open you're with the best players in the world almost yeah. you can make that week worth the past five years you know you have that yeah. opportunity so kind of bring us through that mental journey of how to find that extra inch to keep yourself sane and and pushing forward yeah as you know i mean it's mentally is probably the toughest part you know because not knowing how long you're going to be out sidelined for and watching guys that you play that you beat rise up, you know, it's not, it's not easy. Right. And, uh, man, I did a lot of physical training. I'll tell you that. Stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brent Salazar, 
yeah. had me, uh, you know, getting me stronger during that time physically. But yeah, mentally, I mean, luckily for me, I've got a really good support system. Um, my family's always been super supportive of me. Like my, my parents, my grandparents, all my extended family, aunts and uncles, everyone's like, I don't know, always been super supportive of me. And, uh, the few close friends that I have, you know, the same, the same with them. And then on my end, just, I dedicate my life to this craft and that's just what I've always wanted to do. So yeah, tough moments, but always want to still have the fire inside of me to always to come back and, you know, try and see how good I can become and, you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I yeah. think I was impressed kind of during it. I mean, we had what, 6am started, we had to get there at 530. And you yeah. were like, I'm getting there before Brent, like you were there yeah. at 445. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously, Ty and I and a few of the other guys knew that. But like, I don't think people understood a how bad you wanted what you yeah. had to push through. You know, we're like, were there tears yesterday that it was kind of like, we're in that direction. And we're finally there. Um for those 445 wake-ups yeah, or whatever when the hell I, else. When I, when I, so when when I saw that Tristan had lost, you know, I went downstairs, I was upstairs and, you know, in my room doing stuff and went downstairs, told my mom, hey, we, you know, we got the wild card. And, you know, I kind of choked up a little bit because for them to see kind of my hard work pay off, that's what kind of got me, you know, is I know how bad they want me to succeed. And um, so seeing my mom, my dad, you know, pumped about it and, and happy for me was that kind of got to me a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, a little bit emotional, but, you know, still work to be done. So I I would love for you to, um, you know, not everybody watches the challengers, Kip, as you know, um, you know, I'm damn it, damn it, uh, which which breaks my heart. They have a new uh, logo as of this morning, but that's for that. that's for another podcast altogether. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I found myself as I was watching you um, specifically these the last couple of weeks, Kip. Just it feels like there's a um, you have an ability to adapt your style a little bit based on who you're playing, um, and I and I'm wondering if you have the ability to just kind of define what you want to do on a tennis court and and who yeah. you are on a tennis court. Yeah, I think so. Kind of the way I have a kind of way that I'd like to play in general, you know, which is. I think the way tennis is moving now is, you know, you got to have some weapons, you have to be aggressive, but at the same time, you've got to play some pretty good defense, right? And you got to read the court well, you got to have a good tennis IQ, all those things kind of have to come together, I think. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, on clay, probably my preferred surface, I'd say, you know, I kind of like extended rallies and I mean, more so than playing like indoor hard and kind of guys are just dropping heat and they're kind of, you know, I prefer more a little bit of some grinding points and, and that kind of style. Um, but yeah, I feel like overall I can, you know, I try to adapt out there. I try to problem solve and, um, you know, usually we have a game plan for kind of each guy and mm -hmm. a couple of things, but you know how that goes. It, it changes as, you know, <laughs> as the match goes. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think just playing, I've been able to play pretty consistent since I came back from, from the surgery last year. And I think just like finally getting used to like match after match and just dealing with the, you know, the nerves, the stress that come 
come with that in certain situations. Um, I feel like I'm finally kind of getting back rolling again, you know, and it, it takes a while. I mean, it takes a while, at least for me, it, you know, it's taken, taken a little bit. So, well, Noah's taking an entire nine months to start playing tennis again. So, I mean, that's, that's a long while. Uh, uh, Alejandro Gonzalez was with you, um, here, yeah. uh, of late. Um, that's a, that's a guy I, it's his career. Fascinating to me, the ability, what did he get to 65 ish? Something, something, something like that. Yeah. 65, yeah. Um, Colombian, a lot of emotion. And then I found it really interesting. The last couple of years of his career, he was kind of stuck in that 400 range, Kip, um, yeah. where where that's such a hard thing because he couldn't get to that next level again. But yet yeah. you always saw the passion and how seriously he took his craft. And I'm wondering what you take from him. Yeah, so basically um, when he... We've actually played once. We played a couple of years ago in Pensacola at a future. Um, but like you said, super passionate guy. I really respect players that I see have that similar, I don't know, like I would I would think I have that passion and kind of the work, work ethic um, and just a great dude in general. So when I found out he was retiring, I actually texted him right away and I was like, dude, you want to get into coaching? Mm. We start whenever you want. And that was, I think, a really good play on my part because <laughs> uh, he's helped me a ton i mean listen the guy like we said dude, 70 in the world not a ton of weapons but man the guy fought like a dog every mm -hmm. point i think that's something that he's helped me and we continue to try to develop for my game is playing every point having that killer instinct you know being super physically intense from the beginning of matches not taking a set to get rolling you know it's just a shift in a little bit of a mindset um and i think that's something that he's brought and we continue to try and work on for me and for you kind of going forward for lack of a better term is like is it easier to be that kind of player knowing kind of the next events that you are leading into i just remember you know you know preseason is one thing but when you're training for aussie you know it's another and you know rather than just uh, I don't know, michigan challenger sorry mike or whatever other <laughs> event that we were at but you know what is that you know moving forward these conversations is it more exciting like i can't wait to compete like that is that kind of the feel moving it yeah i think so i think i mean like i said i'm i'm pretty amped up so i you know it's going to be easy i think to be real i don't know amped you know getting ready for the first for the first round there but i don't know i kind of always like to think about i don't know i don't ever want to get too i don't want to be too different right in terms of if i'm playing at the french or if i'm playing two weeks later in edwardsville i kind of i want to close the gap on how different my emotions can be <laughs> yeah. <you> good know? luck <laughs> Which, I, listen, I know i remember when i played in the u.s open in the main draw men's back in whatever, 2017, 2018. And then I went to, after that, I went to uh, Fountain Valley Qualies and I could not play. I, I, I think I lost first round Qualies, you know? And so, yeah, like I said, kind of just trying to close that gap of shift in mindset and treating every match the same, I guess, you know, practicing the same, going about business the same, which is, obviously a challenge, but something that I'm going to try and, and do the best that I can. Yeah. I remember I was with Stanford Boster at the time and he was one of them that, 
it was actually after I played Fed Aussie year two, he's like, we're going to Maui, which, you know, and a lot of people said Maui is great, but it, it wasn't like the perfect location at times. Yeah. And he's like, it's going to fucking suck. And this is going to show you yeah. who you are as a tennis player. And honestly, I didn't do that well. It took me a couple more tournaments to kind of get back into that field. But, you know, you go from 15,000 people or playing in the French or whatever or it may be. on Rod Laver to go in and play in front of, you know, 12 I played Escobedo and- with just – actually no no stanford i think mitch was there because we were all together mike was there and then his and then escobedo's coach that was it windy nightmare and we played in three and i grinded out i was like what am what's happening you know and it's just a shell shock but you know i think what i got from those tournaments and and you know i'm wondering if you already feel it a little bit do you feel like you belong yet you know having just even signing up for geneva 250 possibly you know like is that just a different feel altogether. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a new feeling for me, right? Because I'm not, listen, I didn't get direct entry into the French, right? It's like I'm 100 in the top 100 in the world. And that's like, you know, for already on the schedule months in advance. So it's a, it's a definitely a different feeling. And the goal is for me to feel like I do belong there, right? And that's going to obviously, for me, that's something that, that's going to take, you know, a couple of days of practicing there with some of those guys. <clears throat> getting used to that kind of atmosphere and then hopefully be good to go and, and ready to, ready to rumble. But something that I think is, I mean, it's important, no, to, to feel like that. Cause if you go out there and you feel like maybe you're not supposed to be there, I felt that before. It's not a good feeling for me. A little imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not a, that's not the way you want to, I kind of had that in my, in my first, when I played, you know, back in the US Open, the different, a little bit different scenario. I feel like, you know, I'm much more, closer to belonging now than I was as a 17 year old, barely any ATP points, but um, yeah. All right. So I, I know you're going to go, I believe you're having lunch with your grandparents today, um, which, yeah. which I think is a, a very sweet. I'm, I'm very impressed. And yeah, I've got a, I've got a ghost tour or something to, to get to here in Savannah. But I, I, um, I asked you this, uh, I think when we had a, we had a talk, you and I in Tiburon um, about it, smo- uh-huh. smoking of meats. <laughs> Um, this is something, this is something that is very important to you. Um, and, um, I'm wondering if you can explain why, because for me, I look at it, it takes like eight hours to, to have something, you know, done well. You and get like, like your own Rodizio with him and fucking Churrascario over here. He owns his own like South American meat store. Right. But like, like how, <laughs> how, what, what is it about smoking of meats that, that is so important for you? Why do you like it so much? Mike, honestly, I don't know how I got into it, but it's been probably four, four or five years now. I think since I left school and it's just, and it's just my thing. I just love it. I mean, take, you know, going to the, to the butcher's market, buying a pork shoulder, seasoning it overnight and then waiting 10 hours putting it on the trigger the big green egg i don't know for me it's just it's just heaven i just love sitting out there but on mike the why are you acting like he doesn't look like somebody that does that i'm not though? yeah i'm not i'm just <laughs> is it like, is it like <laughs> is it process is it like because it's like the the slow methodical process i think i definitely i definitely love the process and i think that's something i've i've actually started with coffee now uh espresso okay. being really into the process of making espresso yes and it reminds me a little bit of the process of barbecue, mm. steaks, all that stuff. Yes. Um, so I think I have a, like a little bit of a – I like that process. And there's an art to it too, mm. right? There's yes. so many different ways that you can 
small variables you can change to make it different. And I think that's, I'm a small details guy, I guess. Yeah, I Kipson know. is just the most lovable <laughs> freak out there. He's just, you know, you can't hate him, but like you also, you look around, you you know, pull back the curtain, you're like, god, oh my god, god, this guy's weird, exhausting. <laughs> this guy is exhausting. This guy's over the top weird. Yeah, it's just something, you know. Yeah, I so, love it. So the what you're telling me, um, and now I'm I'm intrigued because Bjorn and I talk about this all the time as well because we actually have the same machine. Is is that sixty thousand dollar check uh, that's upcoming at minimum? Uh, sixty thousand dollar check is that going to be a, a very nice espresso machine? So I got lucky because my parents for Christmas got me a really nice. I got a La Marzacco, mm-hmm. which is a really nice machine. Okay, okay, <laughs> and. Uh, Bjorn, I call. I was. Fa- I spent probably an hour and a half with Bjorn on Facetime on Christmas Day, because I I didn't really know anything about the machine. I'd never really made espresso before. Yeah. And here I am with like a Ferrari of espresso right. machines, and right. I don't know how to even grind the bean or anything. Yes. And so he and his dad walked me through it for like yeah, close to two hours. It was <laughs> pretty funny. But now I've I've got it down pat and like buying different beans. Like Correct. I was in Colombia a couple weeks ago, bought like six bags of beans like doing the whole thing so guys getting pulled over at the airport <laughs> it's like what are you doing he's like it's just a passion just my passion guys yeah it's just art man so yeah luckily i've already got a nice machine but i don't know maybe some kind of accessory we'll see okay well no i mate no more mate for you no dude i haven't done the mate in a while i've still got the two the two gourds but yeah. i haven't done it espresso has been my new thing so no we're, we're gonna get you there eventually I need to. I, I'm struggling on the latte art a little bit. It's it's, it's a little difficult for me. The latte so, art is hard. That's that is really hard. Like too much air in the milk. Yes. Not enough air in the milk. You can't do it. And then once you do get the proper texture of the milk, like just doing it is hard on its own. So it's. I've got a couple good ones down, but it's not consistent yet. That's for sure. So working on the consistency right now. Uh, see, I mean, you know, I have an addictive personality. Though. If I get into this, there's no fucking turning back. See, the, here's here's the thing, Kip, and you would know you would know that before Noah ruined this podcast, it used to be the Coffee Cast with Cation, where we would oh, really? we would literally it would be me and a player. We would go to a like a fancy coffee shop on like the Friday wow. Saturday of a tournament and just go have a coffee and chat over coffee. I, that's a great. I mean, that's a cool. Cool freaking idea! Cool podcast. No, idea. it was a cool yeah. idea. It was just you know nobody knew it. That that was kind yeah, of nobody the key word there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was kind of the key word there. Um, uh, Kip, you. Kip, uh, congratulations! Um, Thanks, Mike. really well done. I know it's been a long, long road for you to get here, but it's it's nice sure. for you to have that recognition. Um, and yeah, it'd make us all proud over there in, in Paris. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting. If there's anybody I'm supporting, it's it's you, Kip. We got this. Thanks. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.